Yo, what's up, golf addicts? Thanks for downloading the Century Tournament of Champions 2020 podcast by the Tour Junkies. This is going to be a fun one. We're going to tell you all about the course, the key stats we like, a lot of strategy talk, the picks that we like, the picks that we don't like for DFS, for golf betting, whatever it is you're doing. New segments on the show is going to be a topic. Incredible chalk bomb content coming at you for 2020. We're going to update you on. We're also going to talk about the majors and future bets that we have already placed for the Masters and the PGA and why we don't think you should place bets on the U.S. Open and the Open Championship right now, and you should wait. So we're going to talk about that. And then for the chunk and run at the end of tonight's episode, three New Year's resolutions that are golf-related from me and from Pat, and three that are not golf-related. They are very interesting and get a little unpredictable. Uh, But we're going to have a great time with this one. So thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening, and check out the new intro song to the podcast. We're the two-a, 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 two-a junkies. We're the two-a, 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 two-a junkies. PGA Tour fanatics, golf addicts, podcast juice, you gotta have it. Special guest, DFS, DB, and them long shot bets. From Augusta to Sawgrass, we got your picks, we got your stats. Catch a bus, catch a last, sip some rolls. With Tour Junkies back in action, itches. It is the first episode of 2020. The real season kicks off now. I'm David Barnett, your host, Pat Perry. My lovely co-host is with me. We are jacked. Big shout out to our boy Eric Dodd, country music up-and-comer for just writing the song, nailing the song, um, and, and it was just beautiful. It's the, it's the best jingle of all jingles. It's so uh, good. I love it. You know, and you told, you, you know, we've known Eric for a few years, um, a few years now. And when he first told me that we were going to have a country singer do um, our intro, I was a little concerned. I, I didn't know. I was like, how is this going to work? I mean, you know, it's, 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 pro- it's probably going to be a lot different than our old one, which it is. But he came through big time. It is, it is awesome. The first time I heard like he sent us a little sample of what he was coming up with. And I was like, this oh. is great. This is great. And then, and then when we got the final version and everything just – incredible so i love it i love it i'm excited it just gets me even more pumped for the start of the pga tour season which for me this is really the start of the pga tour season i know we got the fall event and fall events and whatever else but this is it 2020 is starting this week and i am ready to go could not be more excited what season is this is this fourth for us db officially officially because we started in the well, I mean, fall, so... Uh, yeah, you're right. We started in the fall of 2015, so this would be... So we did 16... Yeah, so this would be our fourth century Tournament of Champions mm-hmm. and Beyond uh, podcast go-around. So, yeah, man. Uh, pretty jacked. Big thanks to Eric, though, for, for doing that. If you guys haven't heard Eric Dodd, um, he is all over. Wherever you listen to music, Spotify, iTunes, whatever. Eric Dodd, he's a Georgia boy, University of Georgia Bulldog. We met him through Kevin Kisner, buddy of ours. Um, just a great voice, great writer, great country singer. So if you enjoy a little country music every now and then, 
uh, go look up Eric Dodd and, and, and hit him up on Instagram and stuff and tell him the tour junkie sent you and tell him you love the jingle. That would be great, too. Little known fact, I'm very excited about this. The producer of that single, of that little jingle there, actually was the drummer or guitar player. I need to get that fact straight. Drummer or guitar player for Collective Soul. Great band out of the uh, wow. out of the 90s, uh, eight, maybe late 80s, early 90s that. era. Wow. Yeah, uh, so he helped put that that thing together. We'll we'll, uh, we'll throw up a video or something that Eric sent us when he was in the studio pumping that out. But hilarious, you know, he talked about the podcast juice, which we got to talk about. I am I'm, I'm going to kick off the year in my usual. Um, Pat, as you know, I, I've I haven't been drinking as much out. Speaking of the Kisner event, we haven't been drinking as much alcohol since the Kisner event. I think it kind of <laughs> it kind of hit a little uh, button in me. Yeah. Um, Why was that? So, but I oh, will skip over that. Yeah, uh, but I, I have to go with the the, the staple um, Barnett drink, which is which is your my Lacroix, my Tito's, no free ads, uh, soda, and and just a little I'm uh, not not soda, a little little splash of lime and a little bit of peach schnapps. So that's what I'm kicking it off with tonight. Podcast use now. Eric talks about in the song sip some rosé with Pat, but I don't think that's rosé. At least I don't think it. I don't think that's it in the Turvis tumbler. No, I, yeah. Well, you know, last year, and we're going to talk about New Year's resolutions uh, later in the show, but last year uh, we talked about uh, me drinking, I think my, one of my resolutions was, was drinking less rosé on the show and, and maybe more, more vodka or something like that, or, or that was just in my mind, I don't know. But I changed it. it up. No, that was that was yeah. Yeah. So I really I don't drink the rosé much unless you go to and watch our DraftKings video, uh, TJ After Dark. I'll I'll be drinking rosé then after yeah. after this. But right now, yeah, I basically got a little transfusion here. Got a little Tito's as well with uh, some ginger ale and some grape juice and a little splash of lime in there actually. So um, nice. Very excited. Well, about we've this got. Drink. We've got our, our viewers watching live on YouTube right now, which we really appreciate. We have, we are streaming live on YouTube every week now on our YouTube channel. Go subscribe if you have not already. We'd appreciate that. Uh, and our, our YouTube fellas are, are back in. Uh, you know, the faithful fellas is what I just called them. You know, they are they are in the room. Our boy Josh Kissler, Kyle Sinehe, Jason Littlejohn. Um, yeah, you know they're they're all in here, um, and Josh is informing me that he is drinking Founder CBS Imperial Stout. His podcast juice tonight is is such. So maybe if you're watching on YouTube, chime in with your podcast juice as you're watching uh, these two knuckleheads. And and Josh Kissler did already say he is ready to roast Pat live for this season as well. So, oh, we know it's happening. Can't hear you, Pat. I don't know what just happened. I cannot hear you now. <laughs> We're already having audio issues. Why, why can't I there hear we, you? Now, now there I can we hear you. Now I can hear you. There we go. Okay. Well, we are five minutes into this, and we've literally done nothing. But, um, you know, it's it's the 34-man field tournament of champions, uh, century tournament of champions. Now, if, you've, if, you have, if you left us at the FedEx Cup Tour Championship and you haven't been back... Um, you need to know we've changed up the show format just a little bit. We did a listener survey and heard from a lot of you, and a lot of you skipped straight to the picks. So, you know, we're going to get straight to the picks every week. We're going to try our best, at least, to get straight to the picks within the first few minutes. Now, we failed so far, but we had to talk about Eric Dodd and our new intro and all that stuff. So we are going to get straight to the course breakdown, key stats, 
give you our picks for DFS, sports betting, whatever that is. Then we're going to follow it up with uh, tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about some new segments, the Chalk Bomb email update, um, and the season outlook for mainly the Masters and the PGA and the future bets that we already have on the betting ticket for right now. There's, there's, I got some interesting ones on my ticket. I got to be honest. It's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a weird, it's a, it's a weird ticket. If my, if my ticket were, you know, were, were somebody that you would meet, you would meet that person and think to yourself, hmm, I can't tell if this person may have some developmentally delayed issues or maybe they just didn't get enough oxygen at some point. I don't know. They're, they're a little strange, but I feel good about it. And we're gonna have a great chunk and run tonight with three golf New Year's resolutions for 2020 and three non-golf New Year's resolutions for 2020. So uh, that's what we're doing tonight. Pat, why don't you kick us off with the very first course breakdown of the year of our Lord, 2020 years after the birth of Jesus Jesus. I would be glad to. And I appreciate that introduction to the course breakdown. Yes, this week, the Tournament of Champions in Kapalua, the island of Maui, Hawaii. This is the plantation course. It is a resort-style course. It plays as a par 73. Quite unusual. We don't really see that much on tour. Uh, Playing just over 7,500 yards. It is a core and Crenshaw restoration in 2019 that we stall. Now, let's not say, let's not confuse that with a redesign. Yeah, it's more of a restoration, a renovation, you might say. Even Ben Crenshaw said, do not think of this it's, as a it's redesign. Like, it's Botox. Yeah, it's, Botox. it's like Botox. It's not like a full boob job or facelift. It's just Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't even Ben Crenshaw said himself, don't, don't think of this as a redesign because it is not. They've changed a little bit of the contours on the green and the bunkering, and they've done some stuff with the tee boxes and things like that. But overall, it's pretty much a very similar course. We got 34 players as I last looked in the field this week. No cut. You got Bermuda grass, tee to green. These greens are going to be rolling pretty true to form as far as Bermuda is concerned, but they're not particularly quick. Um, so I don't think you're going to see you know really fast greens. We got four par fives this week, playing 526, 550. 541 and 677 so obviously three of those those uh par fives are pretty gettable you got three par threes this week um this course is played as one of the easiest courses on tour the last four years it was 44th last year 47th easiest in 2018 50th in 2017 and 50th in 2016 in case you don't know 50th is last, meaning this is one of the easiest courses on tour. These guys are going to score out here. you got very wide fairways, uh, easy to hit greens. But the biggest defense this course has is the wind. And I've checked. I have seen that there is going to be a little bit of wind this week. I'm doing the wind sound effect. I can kind of hear it. Uh, but as a, if you look at it, Early That's in the our morning podcast on, switchboard that we got in 2020. Yeah. We have sound effects now. Uh, so we, we don't All have I have to do is hit the button. That's the yeah. We're not big enough to have producers yet for wind. Anyway, um, I mean, God, it's 2020. We've been doing this freaking four or five years. We don't have a producer that can throw in some wind. It's terrible. Anyway, um, but it is going to be windy starting on Thursday afternoon and pretty much the rest of the week. So I think that scoring is going to be a little bit more down than we've seen in the past. But who knows? I don't know. This course still is pretty easy. 
these guys are, you know, they're going to be bombing off the tee here. Um, other than that, that, that's really just about it. As far as stats that I'm looking at, always look at form, looking at course history. Now, form is going to be a little bit relative because most of these guys haven't played since maybe the RSM Classic and probably even further back than that. So um, there's not a whole lot of recent form you can go off of. Uh, there is course history. I looked at par 5 scoring. Strokes gained approach seemed to pop pretty much for me, and also greens and regulation. And opportunities gained, which is at fantasynational.com scoring stat that I like to look at occasionally. I will say this, even though these greens are easy to hit, if you look at the last four or five years as far as the guys who finished up there in the top ten, scrambling was something that came – you know, was was when they're all like in the top five in scrambling. So I think that may be something. There's maybe something to that this week. So we'll see there. Past champs, you had Xander Shoffley last year. DJ his second title, second time winning here in 2018. Justin Thomas 2017. Jordan Spieth, the golden child that everyone loves now, won in 2016. And then Patrick Reed that everyone hates now in 2015. <laughs> By the way. I was a little bit sarcastic on the love for Jordan Spieth because that's not the case anymore. But there you go. That's the quick course breakdown. DB, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with you on the win. That's the big defense here. I think you're right. I think uh, with the win projected to do what it is right now, now that could change Wednesday. That's a big reason why you need to subscribe to the Chalk Bomb on Wednesdays. But with the way it's projected right now, it does seem like it could get a little hairy. Um but other than that, you know, this course does have a ton of elevation changes. A lot of holes played downwind with the trade winds that you do have. Um, so it, it, it can warrant itself to a shorter hitter doing well. Um, but that, that wind is going to be interesting. You're going to want ball strikers. To me, putting really showed up well here. Bermuda, you know, strokes game putting on Bermuda. I, as we all know, I like to look at the long-term putting stats. So I'm going to look at strokes game putting on Bermuda over the last 100 rounds. Uh, I think that's a big deal. Um, I, I think that's a really big deal here. Yep. Yeah, it, it's grainy Bermuda. They're, these are large green complexes with a ton of undulation. Um, so three putts can be a thing. Um, it's, it's important to take a look at that, I think. Uh, so last year we talked to our boy Adam Hayes. Free tip here, free caddy tip. Adam Hayes, caddies for John Rahm. We talked to him, and something he said last year uh, stuck with me. He said, this is a bomber's course. He said, bombs away, number one. And then he said, number two, experience matters here because guys tend to, for two reasons. They, number one, they tend to not understand how to play it in the wind when it's windy. So having that experience does matter. But number two, he said, guys, their first time around here tend to be not, they, they tend to play too conservatively. And he said, you get, you get caught up not being aggressive enough, and you do have to score out here, as you mentioned. And he talked about how you got to know where to score. Now, if you read other quotes from other PGA Tour players throughout the years, you see a lot of similarities in what he's saying. DJ, specifically a couple years ago in a press conference, yeah. talked about how experience matters here, um, how, how kind of knowing what side of the green you want to attack, knowing what pins you want to attack um, is, is important. So I do think experience is a thing. Uh, not to say that a first-timer can't win or... Um, or or won't. Uh, a, a very sharp YouTube viewer just said, nine straight winners have played the course before. Nikolai, very good. Yeah, so I, I do think there's something to experience. 
Um, I think there's something to Bermuda. I'm going to look at distance. Uh, I think there's a little something to the intangibles, or maybe not the intangibles, but like just the 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 factor of how much do you give a shit, right? Like you're in Hawaii. <laughs> Um, you're a lot of these guys are either on vacation or they're looking to I don't know what they're trying to do like kind of a who needs it more and I do have not not that that's really a, I need to stop you there and make a note uh, somebody timestamp this it's 15 <laughs> minutes into the first podcast of the 2020 season and DB was the first one to cuss not me I think that is a that is a very momentous occasion and somebody I'm needs sorry. to uh, make sure that that is documented. <laughs> Uh, as the year uh, goes on, so go ahead. Well, anyway, finish, finish your thought there. Well, shit. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, you know, it's like who needs it more? And, and I, again, I don't think you eliminate anybody because of this, but I do think, you know, especially now with the swing season, something to think about in in these early events is if you if you're a guy who didn't play a lot in the swing season or at all, or maybe you played and didn't really have great finishes with so many events in that swing season. And we've seen it in the last year or two. Guys that play really well in that swing season make it to to East Lake. Um, if you if you are behind the FedEx Cup standings in the beginning of the year, you better get your act together because if you fall behind, it's tough to recover. So here you have an event where FedEx Cup points are here. You're guaranteed as long as you finish all four rounds because there's no cut. There's only 34 people here. Like I think there are some guys that need to make hay at this golf tournament. So I do think that's a factor as well. Um, other than that, I the, if you're playing DFS, listen, the, the two biggest factors, despite everything else that we've talked about, is value and ownership because it is a 34-man field, and there is going to be very little variability in contests that you're playing in. So contest selection is key. Understanding what type of lineups you need to enter for that contest is going to be key. Uh, so ownership and then just playing out value is also really important, I think, for this short field. This is a unique event. So... I feel like that's all important. There's 15 first-timers in this field, so almost half the field has never played here before. Um, I think that's important. And finally, I, I need to make note to all the YouTubers, I've worn this hat to uh, – this is my Urban Sherpa hat that we created uh, to to celebrate. The, you know, it's kind of got a Hawaiian vibe, even though it's cold here right now. But it's a Hawaiian I like, vibe, I so like I've that. done that. I like that. And I, I like feel like this thought. is going to give me good juju. Yeah, well, I like your thought on the variable factors there that are not stats. Because um, some of these players are probably treating this week like a vacation. Uh, they're all bringing their families, more than likely. Um, I, I can't imagine the tour player saying, hey, I'm going to Hawaii. Um, see you later. <laughs> not, not bringing <laughs> yeah. the if you got if you got a family. Um, yeah. So I think that, that is something that matters. But, yeah, you're right, too, on the FedEx Cup standpoint, you know, even Rory said the reason he started playing more, um, you know, West Coast events and whatever else is he realized that as far as the FedEx was concerned, uh, he needed to get, you know, he couldn't just start in the, you know, once it hit the East Coast. So uh, yeah. we'll see. But um, again, like you said, ownership, I mean, 34 players are in this field. So yeah, it's, you, you got to look for a little bit of ownership. You're going to have some high owned guys. I mean, probably. I mean, there's going to be a high-end guy that's probably in a winning GPP lineup, but still, uh, you got to find oh, yeah. that other. You yeah. got to find the other uh, value there. So that's what I'm going to try to give you when we get to these picks. Here is I'm definitely thinking ownership, and you know, I, I'm that that's literally one of the the key things I'm looking at, and, and as well as a good, good course fit. But I'm definitely looking at ownership. 
By the way, we did start the year off in 2019 quite well at this event when we hit Xander Shoffley at 50 to one to win last year, um, and we're we you know we're kind of on a heater for the swing season. We hit uh, Robbie Shelton at 150 to one as a first round leader. Then you hit Sebastian Munoz as a winner at the Sanderson, I think, and then I hit Hendrick Stinson 30 to one at the Hero with two units. So if you boys aren't paying attention, you're losing Quan. We're up 80 units. Since the Greenbrier, since the start of this new season, we're up 80 units on the betting ticket. So uh, here we go. Let's let's get it started. Um, let's 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 get going, Pat. You ready for some picks? Yeah, definitely ready. All right, we are going. Since it's a short field, we're going to give you uh, nothing but tournament plays if you're playing DFS, GPP plays if you're playing DFS, and a fade. We're not going to give you any cash plays because, frankly, I can't understand why you would ever play cash in a tournament like this. So I, I can't even I can't do it. Um, and we're also going to stop and give you some bets if we if we're thinking about these guys in terms of odds over on my bookie. Um, by the way, uh, we we have to go ahead and say this: all of our stats, all of our information, all of our data comes from one source, and that is fantasynational.com. Fantasynational.com/tj. Yet another year where we partner with uh, with our friend Moose over there at Fantasy National. He's done a great job, created an incredible website, stat engines, custom stats, models, uh, tournament history, recent results, deep dive into the course, deep dive into a player, um, ownership projections, everything you want in, a, uh, in any kind of PGA Tour tool is at fantasynational.com slash TJ, and you get 20% off either a weekly, monthly, or annual membership. Go over there and check them out if you've not already. That is a tool that we have used the last two years, and we are starting our third year now with Fantasy National, and it has paid off millions of dollars won by their users uh, year over year. So fantasynational.com slash TJ will get you where you need to go, and it will already have that 20% discount embedded. Pat, let's get to it. 9K and above on DraftKings. We're going to give you two tournament plays and a fade. Uh, I'll get it started. I'm going to start at the bottom end of this range. I'm going to start in the 9K spot. I'm going with Patrick Reed at $9,000. He loves this golf course. He is on record talking about how much he loves this golf course. Wow. He's, he's, he's in good form. I mean, take out the President's Cup, but that's a weird situation. He's in good form. Um, I don't think – I think P. Reed is one of those players – that no matter what, if he shows up at a tournament, he is not showing up to mail it in, go on vacation, d- definitely not spend time with his wife. Can you imagine going to Hawaii and wanting to spend time with his wife? I can't. Um, uh, so I-, I think when he shows up to a tournament, he shows up to win. He shows up to piss people off, prove them wrong, maybe cheat, uh, make money, and earn FedEx Cup points. And I love the value at $9,000. You get a former winner. He won here five years ago. Um, he finished runner-up the year after that, T6 in 2017. Finished 25th last year, not his best showing. But uh, I, I think Reed is is a, a fantastic pick here, and I love the value. And I think you're going to get an ownership break because people hate Patrick Reed right now. He's cheating in the sand bunkers. So golf is one of those things where people don't play people they don't like. Um, <laughs> you think so, that you th- I, 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 you've kind of sold me a little bit on this, but... Speaking of sand, like don't they let you like like 
ride horses and stuff on the uh, on the beaches of Hawaii. Like I can, I, I feel like he's going to be riding horses with Justine all week on the on the the beaches of, of Hawaii, and they're going to be taking like Instagram pictures and whatever. And he's not going to be focused because she's she's taking him away from the course so she can she can ride some horses on on the beaches of, of Hawaii. I don't know why it just popped uh, in my head. Plus, Justine kind of reminds me of a horse for some reason. I don't know why. Totally. Dude, her sister, oh, my God. Her sister really reminds me of a horse. Um, anyway, side. that was just a side thought there. Th- things pop in my head all the time. Uh, that's why yeah. we have Pontificate with Pat on the Chalk Bomb. Which is so, great. Yeah. I mean, you just can't argue with how he's playing right now. I mean, You're, again, I if, if you You're take right. out the President's Cup, he won the Northern Trust, 19th at the BMW, 9th at the Tour Championship, 17th at the Zozo, 8th at the HSBC, third at the hero uh you, you can't take it away from him right now so i love that play and then i'm gonna jump up to dj i mean you talk about value mm-hmm. had we not seen dj at the president's cup i'd be concerned about the knee but we saw him at the president's cup we saw him play well he he didn't he didn't kill it even even the the final sunday when he when he blew out how tong lee he wasn't amazing how tong lee just couldn't hit the broad side of a barn off the tee um, but he looked fine, and, and he gains more strokes at this tournament over the last five years than anyone in the field, gaining over 30 strokes with a win, a, top, a tie for fourth, tie for sixth, and a tie for tenth over the last four years. Um, I just – DJ, the value at D- – to, to, to pay $10,100 is the lowest you will pay for Dustin Johnson all season unless he's hurt. And so I just – I cannot pass up that value – even I love it so much that even if he's chalk, if he's projected thirty percent, I think I still have to play him. I absolutely love DJ here. He loves the course. Saw him on Instagram today. He's already there doing his thing on the course. Um, I like it. My fade is going to be a guy who I think is going to be popular because I think they're going to see the name. I think they're going to see the value, and I think they're going to like it. And it's Gary Woodland at ninety three hundred dollars. Gary Woodland is known as a piss-poor putter. It has improved over the last year. However, his worst putting surface is Bermuda by almost double in, in terms of strokes lost between Poa and Bent and, and Bermuda. It's not good. Then, you know, we, we did see him play well in the fall. He, he, he did pretty good. But, you know, we also saw after the U.S. Open a run of really crappy golf. You know, he won the U.S. Open, miscut, miscut. 55th, 52nd, 31st at the BMW in a short field, 15th at the Tour Championship in a shorter field, 55th at the Shriners. So, I mean, he, he got it together at the CJ Cup, Zozo, and Hero. But I just, for night for for the, the putting the way it is, and I think this is a big-time putting golf course. I, I think putting really matters here. You're going to have a ton. Listen, we talked about how big the greens were. We talked about the undulation. Gary Woodland sweating over a, a seven-footer to avoid three-putting is not how I want to spend my week. So I, I'm going to avoid Gary Woodland here. Uh, and, and if i got to pick a fade, that's who it's going to be. You got, i got to pick one fade in this range. That was the one I'm going to fade. Wow. Okay. Well, I'll go ahead and just say Woodland was my fade as, as well. So nice. we'll, get, we'll get that out of the way. We have some agreement there. Now, the two GPP plays were actually different, so I will uh, talk about those. I'm going to start with the guy in the 9K range that I like, and that's Ricky Fowler at 9,500. You know what? He's got really good course history here. When you look at his the last two times that he's played here, 
He's finished fourth in 2018. He was fifth in 2016. And look, I know he's not been on everybody's radar lately. Everybody's been concerned. They didn't want it. They didn't think he deserved the president president's cup spot when when Brooks Kepka couldn't play. But you know what? I still think this could be a huge year for Ricky Fowler. I think he's going to be low owned at that $9,500 price range. And this, I think, you know, just yeah, not, like a whole, not a whole lot of people are going to be on him. You know, the stats aren't really there for him. I mean, he checks the box around the green. You know, he's, he's pretty good in greens and regulation and approach. But, I mean, you know, one of the things you look at, you looked at, was strokes gained putting on Bermuda. First. He is first. You look at the last 100 rounds, yeah. he is first yep. in the field in strokes gained putting on Bermuda. So I think that, that that bodes well for Ricky Fowler. And, I, again, I think he's going to definitely be lower owned. And then the other guy that I like in this range is everybody's always scared to take the defending champion, and I'm going to do it this week with Xander Schauffele. I like it. I like it. I like, I like the it. price at 10 6 I'm not afraid just because, you know, to, to – that he's gonna, he could easily have a be a back-to-back champion. His recent form has been good. The stats all check out for him. He's basically top ten across the board in the stats that I've looked at. So I like Xander Schauffele at ten six, and that way you get you can fit a whole lot of better you know you know, higher price guys in your lineups this week if you fade the you know JT and John Rahm and and start with uh, start with Xander. Now I'm not saying that, that's not meaning like you definitely fade that because I like. I like Rom and JT this week. I do. I'm not like completely fading them, but I do think starting with Xander in your lineup is a is a good way to go. So, that's uh, those are my picks there in that 9K range. Um, yeah, I, I like Ricky and, and Xander. I mean, honestly, the whole 9K range. I mean, I mean, everybody 9K and above. I I, I honestly like the only one that I I didn't like was Gary Woodland. He was the only one. So to me, it was easy. But, I think he's know. gonna be super super high on too. So, which probably means he'll be low because you suck at that. Why don't you? Uh, <laughs> that is true. That's very true. Hit us with the with the AK. Now it's a small range, like six guys on DraftKings. Give us one tournament play and one fade. All right. So okay, this is a guy that I did not like last year. I, I just did not like him going in the year, and everybody was hyping this guy up just over and over again. One of the young guns on tour. But I like him this week. I think he could just tear this course up, and that is Cam Champ at 8,000. Oh. I am going with him. Now, the stats, the stats are he's all over the place. I mean, this guy is all over the place. But you know what? He can score on a course like this. You look at it, he did actually play it last year because he did have a win before, you know, back in the fall. He finished T11. So he has the history. We talked about that, having a little bit of experience on this course. So I like that. And then the recent form is is not all that bad. He had a win. He won again at the Safeway in the fall. So he's got another title under on his you know in his belt. He's he's you know again. I just think that Cam Champ is definitely going to go overlooked. He's twelfth in the field when you look at strokes gained putting over the last hundred rounds on on Bermuda grass. So I like him at eight thousand. I'm going to play him. I think he's going to be under owned. Um, I, d- I definitely don't see high ownership on him. So he will be my one GPP play in this range. Let me tell you. First of all, if anyone has not followed Cam Champ on Instagram, you are missing out on maybe uh, I don't know once every three months a really smoking hot picture of him and his girlfriend. Uh, other than that, you don't really get much from him. But 
fantastic. I mean, very well done. Actually, I think he proposed. I think I think he's engaged now, which good for him. Um, very impressive. Yeah, great for him. But I, I have to go ahead and say this. I almost wrote him down. I was very, very close. I, I think in GPPs, especially larger GPPs, I am willing to throw th- throw down on some Cam Champ uh, for th- for the reasons that you mentioned. I would I do think he's he's too short on the betting odds. To, I looked at it; he's way too short uh, in terms of betting. I don't feel tremendous about it. I would not play him in you know a contest on DraftKings or FanDuel that would have very you know very few entries i wouldn't do that but i love him in big tournaments uh you know big gpp tournaments um i think that's a very interesting move but i i'm gonna go wait a minute who'd you say your fade was did you give a fade i I did not say my fade but it's gonna be i I feel like it's i just it's paul casey i just feel like there's so many people that are probably going to be on paul casey this week um Obviously, if and this range is is kind of weird because I, I don't know. It's kind of hard for me to predict what the ownership's going to look like because you got big names like Paul Casey and Matt Kuchar, but then you got the hot golfers like Brendan Todd, and then you know the young guns Colin Morikawa and stuff like that. But I still think Paul Casey is going to like. This is a week where if people are kind of diving into PGA DFS. Um, they're going to be looking at bigger names, I think, and you're going to see a guy like Paul Casey pop up more, and I think his ownership's just going to be a little bit too high for me. Again, could be wrong, but Paul Casey will be my fade this week at 8,800. I mean, is this the week that people are going to get in? I, I still think we're we, we've not we're not there yet. You know, we I could, think football's we, still going. Yeah, on. Yeah, I mean, we still got but, playoff stuff in football and things like that. But people get excited and everything, and I just don't know. I mean, you know, the other guy that I would say that's definitely going to be high owned in here is is, is Joaquin Neiman. I mean, he's been just tearing it up in the fall, and I like him, but he may be worth so, a fade. So I think uh, I was so we're, this is interesting. Well, this is something we'll talk about. You you brought up. I was just about to say. I, I almost wrote down Cam Champ, but I I was just about to say. But I decided to go with a slightly chalkier play, and that is Paul Casey. I'm in on Paul Casey, <laughs> but I do admit I think he's gonna be. He's he's not one that you're gonna fool anybody on uh, and get any kind of ownership leverage on. I don't think that's the play um, for for Casey. But I do like him here. And let me tell you why I like him. I kind of, well, first of all, I always like Paul Casey. I think he's live anywhere he plays. You have to admit, he is live anywhere he plays. He can win on any golf course. He's got the all-around ball striking game. You talk about, you know, a guy who just hits his iron so pure uh, in the wind. He can do it. Uh, I, I, you know, he's got a little bit of experience here as well. Uh, but to me, it's a little bit of this, of, of what I mentioned earlier, this intangible, right? Because here's what happened. Paul Casey only played, like, a couple of events in the in the fall, and it, it didn't go great. It was okay, but it didn't go great. He currently sits 132nd in the FedEx Cup standings, which I, it just it feels weird just to even be talking about the FedEx Cup standings in, in January. But... I do think, like I said at the beginning of the show, I do think it's a thing. I do think these guys are looking at that in the beginning of the year right now and going, okay, i got to make up some ground so that I can position myself for the majors, for the WGCs, and for the, for the, for the Tour Championship. And I think Paul Casey being 132nd, he, he comes to this event you know, taking it very seriously, wanting to go out and perform. So I, I kind of like that little edge that I get with him, although I do see – 
him being a, you know a popular place. So I could be totally overthinking that. Probably am, but that's part of this show. So it is what it is. My um, my fade is Joaquin Neiman. So agreement on the fades right now uh, between you and I. I don't like the price on Neiman. I don't I don't like the value that we get on Neiman at eight thousand relative to guys below him, relative to, to, you know, some of the elite players like I think Paul Casey, um, you know, that are in this range. I don't like the consistency of Joaquin Neiman. Like, and we also saw the President's Cup didn't play very well. Uh, but, but even before that, just inconsistency, you know. Um, and he's been spending – I'm making another Instagram reference. He's also been spending a lot of time with his girlfriend on Instagram. It concerns me, I think, Joaquin, young, rich, uh, you know, Latino with a good-looking girl. Uh, I think he, I think his priorities are out of whack. So I'm going to throw him out for the intangibles. That's the cutting the cutting edge analysis that you get on the Tour Junkies podcast. We have fun here, so that's uh, that's what we're doing. Were you paying any attention to that at all? It looked like you weren't. You were no, totally a, checked out. No, I had a I had a I was I was thinking I was thinking further ahead in the show of something I wanted to talk about. <laughs> yeah. I, I, just to, again, you know, my intangibles that I talked about are, are very, very, they're, they're very, they're nothing burgers, really, in the grand scheme of things. They're nothing. Um, but yeah, I, I do think there's something to a guy like Casey knowing how many events he's have already passed him on the season. And he's looking at like Sebastian Munoz in the top three of the FedEx Cup standings and going, wait a minute, I'm 132nd. Here I am in an event where I'm guaranteed to get points. I can really maximize it if I play well against 33 other guys. I think he's going to do it. So, And I think he's just live everywhere. So there you go. Um, all right, 7K and above. We're going to give you two plays and a fade. I'll go ahead and tell you right now, uh, my fade is right at the top. Matthew Wolf, $7,900. I am uh, I'm, I'm, I'm out on Wolf. First-timer, so he doesn't check the experience box whatsoever. Um you know, and a little inconsistency out of him, too. I mean, just, you know, we, we saw it after the win at the 3M Open. He played well for a few weeks, but then he finished 71st and 18th and 74th and 13th. Like, I don't know what Matthew Wolf we're going to get. Um, doesn't have the experience here. Maybe just partying it up in Hawaii. I don't know. Uh, young, good-looking, single guy, maybe doing that. Uh, so I'm out on 7,900 version uh, Matthew Wolf. I do like that kid, and I think he's got a good year ahead of him. But I don't like him here in this in this price range. Uh, I think I'll pass. My my plays in this range are going to be our old buddy at seventy seven hundred dollars, Kevin Kisner. Uh, likes him some Bermuda grass. Really good putter. One of the best guys on the PGA Tour at avoiding three putts. Um, putts best on bent grass, but still gains strokes on Bermuda as well. Very familiar with Bermuda surfaces. You tend to fade Kisner when he's on POA not Bermuda, uh, but he's played here twice in the last five years with a T-17 in 2018 and a ninth place finish in 2016. Got some experience, um, and, and I know that he, he needs the points, right? Um, uh, I think the wind, if the wind does what it says it's going to do, it's going to be a trade wind, which means it'll help him on a lot of holes. It means that a lot of his shots will be downwind. I don't think the length is a factor. Uh, if you look at his strokes gained off the tee data, he loses strokes, but he really only loses it for lack of distance. He's very accurate. So he's going to be hitting from the fairway, scrambles well. And I just, again, I just think he's motivated. Um, and uh, yeah, 
I like the value. I like the experience. Um, and he's it's also 55 to one on my bookie right there in that Xander Shoffle range that we nailed down last year. 55 to one on mybookie.ag, which you can go and bet on mybookie.ag. Uh, and get 50% back deposit bonus when you use promo code TOURJUNKIES to sign up. And Pat, I have breaking news while you're making a drink over there. I have breaking news from our friends at MyBookie. Anyone who signs up and funds a new MyBookie account with $50 or more and uses our promo code TOURJUNKIES gets a free $10 Masters bet. So they can go ahead and throw on a Masters future bet that we're going to talk about here in just a little Bang. bit. So All right. I like that's that. a free little... Free if ten dollar if you're a ten dollar unit kind of guy that's a free unit take the free unit and you get your deposit bonus of fifty percent and you get people who we've worked with for three years now they take really good care of our folks so if you want to bet online on golf or anything else mybookie.ag uh, promo code tour junkies is how you do it uh, Kisner at fifty five to one may end up on the old betting card for me I like that after that my last pick. In the seven thousand dollar range, I, I I do I have an honorable mention pick that I'll save. Wait, but my how many last have you made? You've made two, aren't we? Only Kisner. Be... No, hey, I faded okay. Wolf. Okay. I, Wolf was my fade. Right. This is when you weren't listening. I faded Wolf. I picked Kisner. My second pick do I think you do great things. Um, I think that first of all, as terrible a putter as Ryan Palmer actually is, believe it or not, um. Believe it or not, as terrible as a putter as Ryan Palmer is, he actually gained strokes on Bermuda surface as opposed to all the rest. So kind of crazy uh, that Ryan Palmer gained strokes. He is a bomber. We know that. He hits the ball a very long way. And, uh, yeah, so I I think Palmer is live here at $7,200. He's another guy who I think is going to show up and go, holy crap, I can't believe I'm here. I got really lucky and won a team event with John Rahm. Here I am. I should really take advantage of this because I don't get here very often, may never get here again. I, I see Ryan Palmer showing up and taking this thing really, really serious. He's also at 90-1 to 1 on my bookie, which I think is intriguing. So Ryan Palmer for me at 7,200. He did kind of pop a little bit for me, so I'm, I'm totally with you there. I like that. Um, so I'm totally different here uh, in this 7K range. So my two GPP plays are... Dylan Fratelli at 7,300. I like him. He's been playing well in the fall. Um, you know, you check his stats. I mean, just great form. He's third in the field in scrambling. He's, he checks a box in par five scoring. I just think it, this is a this is a guy. By the way, we got an interview coming out with, with old Fratelli. So, interview uh, coming very, up with Dylan Fratelli good, is very guy. interesting. Very um, good guy. Kind of cheap. Kind of cheap. You'll discover that in the... Uh, in the interview very cheap but i do like fratelli this wide. week I even and i know he's a newcomer actually both these guys that i have in this uh, in this range are um playing this course for the first time uh but fratelli i do like at 7300 and then even cheaper than that sebastian munoz at 7100 is another guy that i like this week i think he's gonna be certainly low owned he was third at the rsm classic just a few weeks ago he checks the box when you look at uh, strokes gained around the green. He's top five in the in the field in par five scoring. So I do like some Munoz this week at 7,100. I think he will be a good play. Um, the other guy, well, the guy that I'm going to fade is Corey Connors. I, I just feel like, look, he's a box checker. You look at stats, he always shows up there. Um, yeah. But I, I just don't, I don't like this course for him. I don't know. I just don't feel like this is this is the course that he he can really just light up or play all that well in, especially if it, if it's it's windy and everything else. So Corey Connors at seventy eight hundred, 
not a big fan of playing him at that price range. Um, I think when you're looking at if if you're a stat guy and that's what you're going off of completely, you know he's going to pop for you. He's going to show up for you, and I think that that's going to put some ownership onto him. And and I'm going to fade that a little bit. So Corey Connors will be my fade in the seven K range. Um, there you go. So Munoz was my honorable mention. I, I, I kind of he is a first timer, but he hits the ball a long way. Um, I kind of I kind of liked Munoz. All right, six K range. We're just gonna give you any guys that we like in here. There's really one for me that stands out, and that's Lonto Griffin. I do think he's gonna be pretty. I mean, in terms of six K guys, I, I see him being rather chalky, Lonto. Um, but he does hit the ball a a, a very long way. Um, hits the ball quite long. And uh, actually, you know, putts okay on Bermuda. He makes a lot of birdies, makes a lot of eagles, makes a lot of birdies. Uh, I just think the value at 6,500 is pretty good for Lonto. Uh, but again, I don't see you really getting a lot of ownership leverage. Maybe you do with guys that are afraid to kind of dip down in that in that tier. So come Wednesday, we'll have to check out Fantasy National and see what's happening. But. Um, yeah, I'll go Lonto Griffin. That's the only one in the 6K. I'm, I'm well, he was my favorite by. in the 6K range, so I'm totally with you there. Just underneath him, though, Tyler Duncan at 6,400. He's another guy. Checks the box in greens and regulation, coming off of a win at the, at the RSM Classic. I think he could be a little bit interesting and obviously extremely cheap. And then another guy I'll mention only because I had him written down as one of my plays that I liked in the 7K range, but he wasn't in the 7K range, and that's Adam Long. Adam Long, right there at 6,900. For some reason, I thought he was at 7K, but he was he was not. He was uh, 6,900. So, hell, that may be a sign right there that you should play him. If if I, I mean, I, I thought he should be in the 7K range, and he wasn't. So, uh, so there you go. Adam Long would be one of the other ones I'll mention here, and that's it. That's all I got. Okay. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Got through the picks. Let's talk a little uh, let, before we get to our, our majors and kind of some some future bets that we have on the docket. Uh, we do want to remind the folks. Uh, we talked about the new show format, how things are going down, um, but we've also got some some exciting new segments that we're going to be rolling out. You know, last year we did the chunk and run most of the time. Tonight we're going to do the chunk and run. But we're not going to do that every week. We're, we got some other stuff going on. So don't miss other segments like Just the Tip, which is which is what, Pat? You just know all about tip. Just the Tip. Uh, why do I know all about that? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. It's usually as far as you get before uh, you. So Just the Tip is going to be, um, I can't remember. Is it Tips on Golf? I know. Oh, oh, wait. It's Tips. It's DFS Tips that we have that we're going to give you Just the Tip. DFS tips, golf tips. It, God, okay. It's 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 just a small little tip, you know. Uh, golf or or betting related. That's what I just said. That's what I golf, said. Golf betting or or D, or DFS. You didn't say anything about betting or DFS related. That's just the tip. I'll I'll handle the rest of them because I'm sure you you don't know. Uh, or an, another segment called the putter throw, where we just get really pissed off about something that really pisses us off, and we're gonna get pissed off. Of course, that's going to happen a lot. I feel like the putter throw is going to happen a lot more than anything. Yeah, the putter throw happens a lot. Uh, we've got a new one. I can't wait for this one. We haven't done this one yet, but it's 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 coming as soon as we find somebody to do it with. And it's what's wrong with. And we're going to find a player who's really sucking a lot, and we're going to come up with wild conspiracy theories 
as to why they could be sucking. And it's not going to be anything to do with stats or anything. As long as it's just not about uh, Jordan we're gonna, Speed every week. We don't need to make that segment the Jordan yeah, Speed well, it could segment. Be. It could be. Um, we're gonna, we've got the in real life segment, which is, you know, what's going on in mm-hmm. our real lives. That could get serious at times. I don't know who's interested in that, but yeah, that could get, that could get serious. Uh, and then finally DB down in the DMS, which is when I hit up Twitter and Instagram direct messages that are open and available for you. If you're not following us on both those platforms at tour underscore junkies, you should be, I'll get up in the DMS and, uh, answer some questions from folks or talk about some things in, uh, in the old DMs there. So those are the segments. We should on the this way. just make gave me a thought um, here. We should have a segment like the the DM oh. that that because everybody thinks that I don't read the DMs and the messages. Like it should be the, the if we get one where it's like oh I didn't realize Pat read the DMs. Like we should read it for that week. Like Pat David, you're so great, Pat. You effing suck and you do, and then the, and then i'll be like i read that and then i'll like read the response and all that kind of stuff it is it is kind of funny that like from time to time we will get somebody that will send a dm and they will just be talking to me as if pat has never logged on to our twitter or instagram yeah. account it's like D- db when you're looking for a repl- replacement for pat here's my yeah. and i'm reading the whole thing i'm like what the it is pretty yeah. good. And sometimes you'll read it before me, and you're like, do you see that DM? I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, man. Um, we do need to tell everybody the Chalk Bomb is going to be better than ever. If you don't know, the Chalk Bomb is our free weekly Wednesday night email that hits your inbox. If you have subscribed to the Chalk Bomb and you're not getting it for some reason, be sure to check your spam folder. If you're a Gmail user, you need to make sure you check your promotions tab. We find that a lot of it goes to that. Um, but make sure you save info at tourjunkies.com as a saved email address that you trust so you can get it when we send it. Uh, and if you've not subscribed, you can go to tourjunkies.com anywhere on the bottom right of any one of our web pages. There's a little gif down there that says chalk bomb. You put in your email address and you are in. Um, it's a free email and it is the best content for free that you can get on a Wednesday night right before you either lock in your DFS lineups and or you finalize your betting ticket for uh, that week in terms of outrights, first-round leaders, whatever. So here's the here's here's what's on the chalk bomb for 2020. Here we go. Our boy Ben Little, who wrote the chalk bomb last year, is back. He's better than ever. He's very smart, very way smarter than both of us. Um, very very smart, intelligent guy, numbers guy, data guy. So he'll scratch the itch for all you data nerds. Uh, he will be giving his opening thoughts. He will be talking through three head-to-head matchups and the lines that he sees on my bookie, and that is very valuable information. Don't skip that. If you are someone who does not bet head-to-head match matchups, don't skip it because a lot of times what he's talking about is inconsistencies in lines and what that should tell you about those players, whether good or bad, and that's information to use later. Um, could also help you make a decision in DFS if you're kind of debating between one player or the next. So you're going to have Ben's three head-to-head matchups. You're going to have my DB Big Balls betting card, which currently is up 80 units. 80 units since the fall of, of uh, 2019. Very good. So I'll give my start. bets. What's going to yeah? What's going to be on my betting card? Uh, these are my actual bets and the dollar amounts that I am giving to each bet. So you're going to have that. You're going to have one of my favorites, and that is Pontificate with Pat. It is literally Pat bringing zero golf value, gambling value to your life, but simply 
letting giving you a window into his tiny little brain and the random things that he thinks of throughout the week. He's just going to give you four or five, three or four, whatever, little thoughts of like, hey, I was thinking blah, blah, blah. And you're, that part is just going to make you laugh your ass off. That's what that part is going to do. Uh, of course, we are going to have the chalk bomb, the actual chalk bomb. So we'll tell you who is supposed to be highly owned, 15 to 18% or more projected tournament ownership in DFS and reasons why you should avoid them, why they will suck. Okay, that's a very big thing. It gives you leverage. It's a fade that you need to make if you're playing GPPs uh, in, in terms of DFS. And then finally, we're not done. You're going to get 10 facts from Ben Little, the very sharp Ben Little. 10 facts about the course, about the players, about back testing, whatever that means, about models and stuff, and <laughs> linear testing. projections and regressions. You're going to get all of that all for free. Go subscribe to the Chalk Bomb. Tourjunkies.com, bottom right of any page. Get it. It's amazing. It really is amazing. And it's free. <sighs> you ready to talk about the uh, the season outlook, Pat? Let's just talk a little, you know, let's talk about the majors. Let's just talk about the majors. I thought you, you got, wanted to talk um, about junior junkies. You got that on. No, let's do that next week. Let's do that next yeah. week. Mm. Let's do that next week. Um, we're kind of going teaser there. Um, yeah, a little teaser there. All right, season uh, outlook. Let's go. I'm ready. I got some, some season outlooks. Yep, so obviously we got the Masters coming first uh, in April. you got the PGA Championship after that at TPC Harding Park in San Francisco. Then uh, followed by the U.S. Open at Winged Foot in New York in June. And then uh, the Open is at Royal St. George's in Kent, England in July. Now, I'll go ahead and get this out of the way, Pat. You can tell me if you have anything different. I currently do not have any future bets uh, for the U.S. Open or the Open Championship. Uh, and I'll tell you why. For the Open Championship, I don't like wasting money betting that too early because if you know anything about the Open Championship, a ton of it is dependent on the wave, on the tee time wave, the weather advantage that one wave may get over another. Year after year we see it. It is, it is like clockwork. I don't want to waste money throwing units. I don't want to waste my unit on some schmuck that's going to get the poor end of the wave that I don't know about yet. So I tend to hold off for future open bets. That's just me. Um, and for the U.S. Open, for me, I don't know enough, honestly, about Winged Foot just yet. I mean, I remember watching the, the U.S. Open at Winged Foot. But I'd like to learn a little bit more about how it's supposed to set up now, as the USGA can always F something up last minute. Uh, there's a lot of variability there. And number two, a lot of the field just isn't set yet. I mean, there's a lot of guys that, that are names that you're going to know that have not yet qualified for the U.S. Open. I think I'd rather wait until that is a little more set in stone before I start betting it, so I have nothing on the card there. Pat, do you have anything uh, on those two? No, I don't. I agree with you totally. For All right. Those. So we're talking Masters and the PGA. I will say PGA, I mean, TPC Harding Park is some is a course we haven't seen a whole lot of, so there's a lot of, you know, yeah. there could be some changes there, but it's going to probably play – very similar to what you typically see with the PGA Championship, which is, you know, there is going to be a little bit more scoring there. Um, yeah. Not as difficult as a U.S. Open. So. Yeah, I mean, like, we have like, seen... I, I see you, like, laugh occasionally. Like, there's a laugh. I guess I'm just I feel looking like you at get comments. These, you, YouTube you get comments. comments. Yeah, it's all... Um, damn YouTube comments. <laughs> I, uh... We have seen a little bit of Harding Park. We've seen it before. Um, and, and we know that it's a tree-lined, coastal, you know, uh, kind of feel. 
Uh, and we know, like you said, it's a PGA. Like, it's going to be a little easier. There's going to be scoring. Anybody can freaking win the thing. So I do have some PGA bets. But uh, let's let's get it going, man. Let's get it going. I, the Masters, baby. Tiger defending the Masters. What are some bets that you've already made, bud? Well, here's the thing. I mean, I think Tiger could win it again this year. Yeah. Um, but I think the odds are way too short, so I'm not going to go there. But the the... The best side that I like is JT at twenty to one. If you're looking on my book, that's I mean I think stupid. Justin, I think Justin Thomas he is my guy this year to have you know maybe be player of the year, win another major, do whatever. I mean just have a great, just incredible year. He he looked awesome in the Presidents Cup playing with Tiger, and I think there was a reason that Tiger wanted to play with JT. It's because he was. He was obviously in one of the best forms. He is an incredible ball striker right now. He's in total control of his game. I like JT at 20 to 1. I think those odds are just, I think it's just, it, get it right now for J- Justin Thomas, 20 to 1 at the Masters. I love it. So he is my first pick there. Um, I like Patrick Cantlay as well at 28 to 1. We've obviously seen him play, you know, very good and, you know, lately. Um, he's, He's played the Masters well before, so obviously he's 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 got experience here. So I like the twenty-eight to one number at Patrick Cantlay, and then the long shot for me is a guy who always just seems to pop for the Masters, and that is Lee Westwood at one twenty-five. One twenty-five to one. I'm gonna go with a little bit of Lee Westwood there. I think that's uh, that's that's. I, I just look. Maybe the guy's never going to be a major winner. He may not be. But we see with the Masters every single year. Like, we've seen Bernhard freaking longer come into Sunday with a chance to win. So that doesn't mean that, you know, know, and he's obviously won that tournament before. And Lee Westwood has a great history at the Masters. So, you know, you don't, you kind of throw, you throw age out the window at the Masters a lot of times as long as they're at least fit and healthy and whatever else. And then you and, you and you definitely like course history shows up huge in the Masters more so than almost any other tournament. So I, I like some Westwood at one twenty-five to one there. So th- those are three plays I think are worth looking at. Dude, I have Westwood already booked at one twenty-five to one. Uh, I put a little half unit on on Westwood uh, for that for that reason. I mean, yeah. Um, so. Obviously, I'm known for my big balls betting card because I don't like to bet short odds, guys. So uh, I don't have anybody. I mean, I do like your JT call at 20 to one. I I I think you got to go ahead and jump on that number now. I, I think that number only gets shorter. So I, I would probably put a couple units on that uh, 20 to one. But I'm gonna start off with Paul Casey at 40 to one. There's a theme. Uh, he's got a great record at Augusta, decent record at Augusta. I wouldn't say great, but a decent record at Augusta. Uh, I like him at 40 to one. I've already got some some cheddar on him. A guy that always plays well at Augusta, Louis Oosthuizen. I couldn't avoid it at 50 to one. I, I like that number. Louis loves Augusta, plays it well, built for him, a long hitter with a draw. Uh, I like Louis there. And I got Westwood at 125 to one, um, and it, it was it was difficult for me not to put a little bit like another little half unit on Charles Howell. Just maybe maybe I'm a homer, but I just you know everybody's gonna say oh that's a homer pick he's an Augusta boy blah blah blah. But 
if even if you remove that, I mean, Charles Howell is a long – he's still long. The guy still hits it a long way. He still favors a draw off the tee. Uh, so the this course is still fine for him. Like, he's still okay at Augusta National. So it was tough not to have a little CH3 exposure at 100-1. to 1. So that, that's who I got right now. But I also – I love your JT pick. I like that a lot. Um, Bang. Let's talk – got to move quick here. Let's talk PGA Championship Harding Park, as we mentioned – in San Francisco, your defending champion Brooks Kepka. Um, obviously, you know we we've seen this over a lot of years. A lot of different guys can win a PGA Championship. Jimmy Walker, uh, Keegan Bradley, Jason Duffner. You know, a lot of different people can win the PGA, uh, and I think that's going to remain the same this year. You got PGA professionals playing in it. The course is usually set up a little easier. Scoring conditions. Uh, tend to be easier when that happens. You bring more guys into the fold. It just is what it is. Now, granted, Brooks ran away with it, but uh, I, I have a harder time putting money on shorter odds players at the PGA. Um, I like guys with a lot of upside. I like guys that can make a lot of birdies. They can get hot for one week. It can happen. We've seen it before. One week is all it takes. So uh, I'll start this one. I'm starting at 66 to one. I love Henrik Stenson here at Harding Park. Love the ball striking ability. Love the three wood off the tee, you know, in the tree lined kind of spot. Um, absolutely love it. So uh, Hendrick Stenson's on the card at sixty six to one. Um, and then the, my next three are pretty long shots, but I love them. I freaking love them. I love Aaron Wise at one hundred and twenty five to one. Bomber, West Coast guy, loves the West Coast. Um, can score in bunches. Has competed in majors, before, you know, played in majors. Not like, not like he's come close to winning one, but he's played in them. I mean, if 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 Keegan Bradley, Jimmy Walker can win a major, I think Aaron Wise can win a major. I, I know he's young, but I like Aaron Wise at 125 to one. I like the value there. And then two guys that I think should actually be shorter odds than Aaron Wise, but they're actually longer, is Sung J M at 140 to one, and Byung Hun An at 150 to one. I think both of those players should be shorter than Aaron Wise, and they're not. They're, they're too long for this golf tournament. We've seen what Sung Jae can do. The guy is incredible. Um, 21 years old, he seems completely fearless. We saw him at the, at the President's Cup recently. We saw him all year last year. Um, absolute ball-striking phenom is Sung Jae M. Uh, and Byung-Hun An is that as well. I mean, if, if his ball-striking is so good. If his putter could get hot for one week at the right time, he could win a major. So... In terms of those long shot numbers that I like right now, I like taking advantage of those. And I like going ahead and putting money early on, on, on guys with a lot of upside and long numbers because here's what's going to happen. There's no way Byung-Hun An and Sung J.M. are going to be longer than 140 and 150 to 1 come, you know, come May with the PGA Championship. They're only going to get shorter because I think that's too long anyway. They continue to play well. Chances are they might win a golf tournament here between now and then. Like They're both great players. I don't. I think this is as long as you get these guys. Whereas your shorter odds guys right now, you know, they have a better a better chance of of, of getting longer later. So um, that's kind of my approach there with the PGA. I like it. I like it. It's good. Okay. Well, I have zero of those guys li- <laughs> okay. listed, um, but I like okay. all the plays. I mean, I can, I mean, there's so many players in the field, so it's not like we're gonna have uh, you know total matchup there, but. Um, I'll start with the PGA. I like Xander Schauffele at 30-1 to 1 if you go into the shorter odds. And, and the reason is, look, we know he's a California kid. 
Um, but I think he's he's definitely got a chance to win a major this year, and I think it could happen at at Harding Park. So I like Xander Schauffele at thirty to one. Um, I like Rafa Cabrera Bella RCB at one twenty five to one. I mean that I don't think those odds are going to get any freaking longer than that. I mean the guy's a fantastic player. You get you get him at one twenty five to one. Take that right now. And another guy that's just a, you know a great European tour guy that I think fits this course is Matt Wallace at 75 to 1. I think he's another guy that you should look at this week. Um, so I'm going with a couple uh, couple uh, Euros uh, in RCB at 125 to 1, and then Matt Wallace at 75 to 1, and then I like Xander Schauffele at 30 to 1. So those are the three guys that I really just had the, the strongest conviction on when it comes to throwing some money down for, the, for this tournament. So there you go. Nice. Okay. Interesting. Very different approaches there for our future bets so far. So there you go. Get in on a little of that, a little bit of that action. Uh, we don't want to take too much more time of that. Let's get to our chunk and run and wrap it up for tonight. We're going to give you three golf-related New Year's resolutions and three non-golf-related New Year's resolutions. And these are not your typical average New Year's resolutions. But we did think through these. We, we do mean these wholeheartedly, at least I do. Um, Pat and and I'm excited about him now. Before we do that, you know, you did have some New Year's resolutions last year that I remember, and I wanted to check and see how you know if you checked any of the boxes. I'm pretty sure that you did not on probably two at least two of the three, at least two of the three. So I'd like to get from you, Pat. Um, uh, 2019 New Year's resolution number one that I have documented from last year's show is quote woo the wife a little more woo the wife did you did you do that did you woo your lady a little more in 2019 and, uh, and stay out of the dry spells so i stayed out of the dry spells more than i did the year before okay um so but actually but actually when we we talked about like so we're going to talk about our new year's resolutions non-golf related and golf related that is um that's 2.0 for, for 2020. What a cop-out resolution. Wife. Number two resolution, uh, personal resolution, is Wooly the Wife 2.0. So. so, okay. So, so actually, uh, you, you, may have, you may have struck out on all three of these resolutions. No, I didn't strike out. I just, yeah, it was, it it's, like it's not as did. good as last year. Um, true or false, uh, Pat, and you're, you're, you're on the stand here. You have to be honest with the people. Did you take... You took a golf lesson last year, true or false, and do not count John Tillery in February. Why can't Why can't I count that? Because we went there to film a video, and you were half you were lit, and John Tillery. No, I wasn't lit when we got there, though. Yeah, you pretty much. Okay, lesson. outside of John Tillery, did you take any golf lessons last year? No, not outside of John Tillery. Yep, I didn't, I didn't think so. So you didn't do that one. Um, that was one you said you wanted to do. That is. I took a lesson with John. You're, you're talking you take a lesson with John Tillery. You did not take a lesson with John Tillery. John Tillery coaches PGA Tour players uh, and shot me on video and told me how to be better at golf. How is that not a lesson? That was not a planned lesson. It was not. It was. It, John basically said you do the stanky leg and you've never hit the ball in the center of the club face, and then you walked away just as terrible as you were before. That does not count. You did not go. You did not seek to take that lesson. You said in your New Year's resolution you were going to take golf lessons and get better at golf, and you didn't. Then the third thing I know you didn't do, which is you said you were going to do something for tour junkies daily. I did. I actually do that. 
didn't. You did not do that daily. All right, so Pat, uh, hopefully 2020 will be better. Um, well, I know one thing. I know I, I didn't look, listen back because you wrote down on the show, like listen back to what happened last year. And I know one thing was like be nicer to Pat. That certainly did. No, happen. I think I was definitely so, nicer to you last year. No, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. no. If 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 Dude. if the whole thing of of, of of a lesson is is like okay, you can't take. I said night like nicer. I didn't mean like I was going to give you a free pass on everything. God, if if the listeners had any idea, some of the knockdown dragouts that you and I have been in, like I'm talking, I'm talk, they would they would be shocked. But anyway, um, all right, let's talk about this year. Let's get to 2020. Let's talk about 2020. Let's, let's get positive here. Stop being so negative. Let's man. let's talk Jeez. about golf. Let's talk about golf. Uh, some Samuel Johnson wants to know what is Pat's index right now. What's your index? Uh, thirteen point two. Thirteen point two. Okay. Uh, all right. What are your golf 2020 resolutions pat all right so three resolutions for me for golf 2020 one is play more now here's the thing i have uh i I will admit i'm in a good neighborhood i'm a member of a good course and the fact that i play as a few of golf rounds as i do now i may practice some on the range and whatever else but actually playing golf, uh, it's ridiculous. Like, if you look back on it, the year for 2019, it's just stupid. So my first resolution is to play more golf. I want I, I, I want to play in play groups. Nine, I want to do whatever but, but, but whatever by myself. Yeah. Um, so that's the first one. The second one is to instill the love of the game in my boys. And that's my two sons. And that comes from the fact that uh, at, at an early age, I, I had, and this is what what comes out in the podcast and why we started this and whatever else. I can talk about the love of the game that I have, I've had from a very young age. I don't feel like I've done that with my kids like maybe my, di- my dad did with me. And so I'd like them to either play with me more, watch golf with me more, you know, hate Bryson DeChambeau more. Yes. Whatever it is that they, that whatever it is that can happen, like, like love guys, hate guys, do whatever, like all of that kind of stuff when it comes to golf, I want it to instill a little bit more in my boys. Uh, so that is number that's two. That's getting some applause from the YouTube viewers, by the way. Great job. Uh, so that's, that's number two. And the other one, the third one, and, and I started, I started this off as uh, play it around without a bogey. I knew that wasn't gonna happen. Yeah, so so I changed that to play a play a full round without a double bogey. I want to play a full round without a double. That's a bogey. good goal. I think I think that's attainable yeah. for yeah. golf. So that's there a good you go. How, how about you? Very nice. Um, okay, I like where you went with those. I like that. Um, I'm gonna start with I want to play more match play and less stroke play in 2020. When I'm playing you know not maybe a not so serious round with a buddy uh i don't want to be necessarily as concerned with score my score his score and more let's just have fun let's let's set up a game and let's just play match play let's go let's let's do that the europeans do it better than the americans do i i just think match play is more fun and it takes out the the pressure of getting this number that you think you're supposed to get so i want to play more match play less stroke play i want to take a putting lesson. 
because the difference between me and you is I actually have take tried to take golf lessons in 2019, and every time I schedule one, it's a it's a swing lesson. It's a full swing. And while I definitely think most of my room for improvement is in that department, I do think that I've never had a, I know that I've never had a putting lesson, and I think a putting lesson would be a good thing to do. I've had a putter fitting, but I've never had a putting lesson. And we all know how many, you know, how many times you putt per round versus how many times you swing the golf club. I think that's something that a lot of golfers don't do enough, and that is take a putting lesson. So I want to do that. And then finally, I think the listeners will enjoy this one. I want to successfully, we've been talking about this for years, Pat. We've been talking about it for years, and we all know that it's only going to happen if I do it. And that is successfully arrange and execute a Tour Junkies listener golf weekend here in Augusta, Georgia, at Champions uh, Retreat with me and you and a guest and have an incredible weekend with some listeners, play some golf, drink a little bit, uh, and have a good old-fashioned time at Champions Retreat. I want to make that happen in 2020. And I'm putting it in the airwaves so that people hold us accountable. So, I like that. Um, Pat, non-golf resolutions. What are your 2020 non-golf resolutions? Obviously, we know Woo the Wife is back for another year. Okay, I'm going to be quick with these because these, these uh, things in my ears are beeping at me, so I guess that means that the charge is going down. But um, All right, so I'm gonna, you, number two was Woo the Wife 2.0. I need to be better at that. I didn't do as quite as well as that in 2019, so I'm going to try to be better in 2020. Um, number one, you're going to be surprised by this, I think. Number one is to read four books. Okay. Now, Here's 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 the thing. I'm not a reader, and, and I mean I can read, but I don't read books, and I feel like I need to read books. And so I came up with a number four because that's one per quarter, and it doesn't have to be golf related. It doesn't have to. It could be whatever related. As a matter of fact, if if listeners and whatever want to suggest just fantastic books that I'm going to want to read, and I'm not talking about children's books like cart <laughs> with cartoons and stuff. Like I, I mean like actual real books. Um, so I want to read four good books this year. So that is, uh, that's one of my goals. Uh, Woo the Wife 2.0. And then the third one is TJ related, but I wanted it to be, I wanted, I wanted to involve you a little bit in this one. So you might have to think about this one and it may not come out tonight, but I wanted DB to give me his TJ related resolution for me. For 2020 you know everybody thinks about oh, themselves when it comes to that. resolutions yeah. you know they think about what what can i do like look i know there's things i can do I'm, there's a lot of things i'm, I'm going to try to do to improve myself this year and, and it's the easy resolutions better diet not drinking as much exercising more all that kind of yeah, crap that i mean crap. everybody knows i'm going to try to do that kind of stuff but i want i want somebody who knows me well to say, this is what I think you should work on that will make us better, TJ-related re- better. So I'm going to leave that's up very, number three to you. That's very I'm impressive, I'm let that... I'm impressed. I'm humbled. I'm humbled. So, so um, there you go. That's it. <laughs> um, I'm humbled, truly. And I actually have a goal of mine that also involves you, Um in mind so i'll start with this i'll start this will be exciting for the listeners i want it to be a goal that i get us 10 new guests on the podcast this year 10 new interviews 
people, players, caddies that we've never interviewed before. I want 10 new ones on the show in 2020. We're already, we already got one with Dylan Fratelli. All right. Uh, I want, I want, I want more. Actually, I'll go 10 more. We'll, we'll make it. We'll give Dylan Fratelli as a bonus since it's already done. 10 more guests on the tour junkies podcast. Number two is the one involving you. And that is, um, this is very random, but I want to somehow find a way to get Pat using TikTok. God, please don't give me another <laughs> social media type thing to I, do. I, I just, I just, I just want to see it happen one time. I think it'd be amazing. I just want to try to get it done. Um, I don't know, but I just want to see Pat that on TikTok. It'd be tough. Um, and then finally, this was a selfish one. I love how you said people tend to think about themselves um, with these and not other people, and you thought about other people, and I thought about myself. Um, this is a selfish one. And listen, before I say this, listeners need to hear this. I do want your help in this, but it can't be too over the top, okay? As listeners, you cannot overcook this. If you overcook it, it will go the opposite direction. So you need to think about how you help your boy. But last year, or in 2019, something happened to us as tour junkies that gave me the warm and fuzzies. And Pat knows that I was very excited about it, and I've really had to keep myself in check to make sure I don't, I don't go over the top with it. Pat, do you know what I'm talking about yet? I don't. Yeah, I don't. So I'll give you another hint. Right when it happened, Pat texted me and said, Do not do this. To this person oh 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 this has to do with pat mcafee i'm sure <laughs> yes it has to do with pat mcafee if you don't know who pat mcafee is lately you've been living under a rock he's all over the place espn he's got his own podcast i'm a huge pat mcafee fan i freaking love that guy i've been listening to his podcast uh since he started with barstool I love Pat McAfee. I listen to everything he does. I watch his YouTube videos. I am absolutely a fan. I he watch is fantastic, and he's blowing up. Now. He's blowing so up. I watch. This is gonna, whatever you're about to say is going to be even harder now. I yeah, think. and but but I was an OG Pat McAfee guy. Like, and I watch Thursday night football teams of people I have no idea who they are, but because Pat McAfee is is commentating, I've told my kids about Pat McAfee when they when they're like, "Why are we watching this game?" And I'm like, "Yeah, well, it's because Pat McAfee's on." He followed us in 2019, in like the summer. And I literally got the shakes when I saw the notification that he followed us on Twitter. And Pat knew me well enough to text me and go, do not DM him yet. Because <laughs> it, it, <laughs> it, it, it unlocked. It was like the chastity belt into Pat McAfee's yeah. groin and for me to get into you, his DMs. Did you follow my advice? I did yeah. follow your advice. I remember, if you remember, I waited days. I slow played it. You know, I, I waited like days. Like what, 10 days? Uh, it's less than that, but I mean, I waited days like <laughs> to to DM him, and and so far, let, let me see, and then and then every now and then, you know, it'd be really heartbreaking is if I search this and he doesn't follow us right now. Every now and then, okay, he does. Every now and then, I will go to his profile just to see that it says follows you on there, you know, uh, that he still follows us back. I'll, I'll show this to our YouTube viewers, but you know, it's still it says follows you right there, so I, I'll go and look at that. But uh, here here is our our DMs between us and Pat. So I DM'd him on uh, March 30th, which was very shortly after he, he followed us. <laughs> and the DMs are very one-sided. Like, there's the first one, and then 
that's that's it. I, I DM'd him in March, <laughs> and then I waited till July, and then again in August, and then I've not DM'd him again. So he's never responded. But a goal of mine would be to somehow get Pat McAfee to tweet at Tour Junkies or just respond to one of our DMs. I it would just that's my goal. And again, listeners. Don't overcook it because Pat's one of those guys that if you overcook it, he will run the opposite direction. So, you know, but I just... And by the way, you mean Pat, when you say Pat, you mean Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee, Make sure yeah. you're, if, if you overdo yeah. it, Pat will go the it's opposite direction. Um, but I just love the guy, and that is a goal of mine. I just want to get Pat to respond to a DM or tweet at us somehow. So I don't know if he's ever looked at a tweet. He may He may follow us and have us muted. He may look at our stuff and never think it's entertaining enough to give it a like. He's never hit like. He's never hit retweet. He's never interacted at all. He only follows us. So there you go. That's mine. I can't wait. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. <laughs> appreciate it. Thanks for uh, thanks for listening to the first show of 2020. We appreciate it. Get that chalk bomb. Hit up Fantasy National, my bookie, all that good stuff. We can't wait for next week. This is a lot of fun. It's good to get back in it, Pat. Really good to get back in it. Um, love you, man. It's going to be a great year. Boom. Back at you. See ya. Boom. Let's go. Out.